Hello there. Welcome back to the Senate Podcast, a podcast that is, how did I put it on, uh, did I put it on Twitter maybe, but a podcast that is vaguely um, a full-on Star Wars podcast. It's not hard to tell yeah. where we get our inspiration from. We do a lot of general topics about film and uh, video games, but essentially it's all coming from a love of pop culture IP that stems from Star Wars. Star Wars is the IP. Star Wars encompasses so many things. Obviously, the films, the games, uh, the comics, the action figures, the lightsabers, everything. So, obviously, by the title, today, we are here. And by we, I mean Tony Quinn. The one who loves Star Wars is who I'm joined by. I think that's just a simple little intro for you. We love Star Wars, and I want to ask you how you're doing. But first, I want to I want to understand how it is to be Tony Quinn on Star Wars Day, on the Star Wars Podcast Day, uh, which I'll get into. But tell me a little bit about how you how you've been and and, and what Star Wars. You know, if you had one day on a podcast in the entire year to say something about Star Wars, what would you say? Being a Star Wars, being me, being a Star Wars fan on this day, uh, I'm not going to lie. It's a little mixed and I don't call myself an optimist. I don't call myself a pessimist. I'm just a realist. I try to keep it real. You know, Star Wars in recent years hasn't, you know, like it's like. You know, my child that has recently started doing really stupid things. That's and I'm just like, I expected better than you, from you. What are you doing? You know, but I mean, you know, you're always going to love it. So I guess what it means to be a Star Wars fan for me right now is uh, hoping to still get glimpses of things that remind me of why I, you know, started to love this franchise. And um, it feels good, though. I mean, you know, there's plenty of Star Wars games, plenty of Star Wars books and novels that I haven't read. So, I mean, there's still... I The thing I love about it is that even, like, if you're not a fan of the recent movies, you could always play the games. If you don't play games, you can always read the books. And if you don't want to read the books, you can buy toys, I guess. Like the Funko Pops. So, I mean, there's... A little, you know, like IGN said it best. There's a little something for everyone. <laughs> wow, beautiful. That's exactly what I expected. So, like I said, it's Star Wars Podcast Day. So, uh, we are actually doing this alongside, last I checked, uh, was about 108 different shows that are all contributing episodes on um, February 7th. I think it's through the 14th, though. Uh, all about Star Wars. Just a Star Wars podcast. Uh, and that's what we do. So I'm excited to be participating in this. Uh, you could just go to Twitter, at Star Wars Podcast Day. Um, and you'll see all the information there. I'll actually have it linked in the description. Star Wars uh, Podcast Day. So. That's the at. It's a hashtag celebrating 25 years of Star Wars podcasting. 
So I want to read a little bit from this uh, before we get into this episode fully. Star Wars Podcast Day and over 30 podcast uh, podcasters announce the official 2024 Star Wars Podcast Day, uh, an unofficial celebration of the Star Wars fan audio community, which that's what we do. So every year, the event brings together over 100 shows, sharing their love of fan-made audio with other Star Wars fans, as well as wider podcast listening audiences. Think of it as the uh, podcast version of May the 4th. May the 4th is for, obviously, all Star Wars fans. This is a day for fans of Star Wars podcasting. So it's just really cool that there's a community that does this that we can be a part of since, you know, we got into this just because of our love of Star Wars, which we'll talk about. Um, uh, so it's cool that there's going to be a lot of other shows doing this too. I'm excited to listen to all of them. So uh, I have I never I didn't hear about this until recently. Uh, you know, friend of the show Jake James Lugo shared this. So huge shout out to him, uh, and shout out to uh, Star Wars Talks because it is the reason they're doing this is because. February 7th marks the day that 25 years ago they started their first they had their first episode. So that's pretty cool. I mean that's a that's a huge uh milestone for them, a quarter of a century. So this is a significant day and I'm excited to be doing this. So Tony, thanks for joining me. Uh, we're gonna have fun talking Star Wars like usual. I think that's our thing. I mean, this is where the fun begins, baby. <laughs> of course, of course, our Star Wars retrospectives are by far our best content, and I tell people that uh, want to get into listening to the Senate podcast. Those are the episodes we do yeah. that are the hardest in terms of working on them, but they're so rewarding once you know yes. the full thing comes together. You know, like for a little sneak preview to our upcoming Last Jedi episode. I watched I I started it on Sunday. I'm pretty sure Sunday. I got to the part where um Ray leaves crate and then I had to take a break cuz I I couldn't watch the whole thing all the way through and take notes. I have like I sent you a text. I I I have like maybe like 5 pages of notes. <laughs> and I'm I don't even think I'm quite halfway done with the movie yet. Like it you know, it's gonna. I'm gonna have to sleep for like three weeks, but I can't wait for that episode. So, you know, yeah. Uh, our we do you know videos on a lot of different things for fun because we just do this to talk about what we feel like talking about. But Star Wars is our bread and butter, so we're gonna talk some Star Wars topics today. So, you know, lately I've been recovering from being extremely sick. So this is my first podcast back and uh, we're going to get back into the uh, Star Wars retrospectives with The Last Jedi, which is going to be fun. We could sit here and talk about The Last Jedi for hours, but oh, we're going to yeah. do that shortly. So I'm, I'm, I, you know, let you know that we're going to be talking some just random Star Wars topics. We're going to bring our own topics of discussion today to just put out there and talk about. So I don't know where this is going from here on out. Uh, like the sequel trilogy. Yeah. So <laughs> what I'll say is uh, punch it, Tony. So give me your, give me your topics. What do you want to talk about? Um, okay. I have, 
I just thought of another smaller one. So I have a small one, and then I thought it'd be fun to uh, do uh, three pitches, kind of softer pitches. They're not totally fleshed out of like Star Wars projects I'd make, yeah. you know, that I'd like to see. One, I have one movie, one TV show, and one video game. Okay. All right. So go ahead, and then I'll think of mine. So the first one, um, I'm going to start off with the thing that I think will be kind of the easiest and then work my way. So the f first one, it's a movie. Okay, so picture this. There's a group of uh, Imperial workers, you know, they're like office workers. They do like really rudimentary, mundane, you know, nine to five stuff. Like I have to do this so that I don't starve to death. You know, they're under the thumb of the empire's imperialism, you know, they're barely making ends meet. A few of them, you know, have families, they're in relationships and stuff, and they're just tired of this, man. So they're hanging out one day and they're like, man, I'm sick of living like this. Like we dreamed of so much more when we were younger, you know, and we're like in our early mid thirties and like, you know, there's a whole galaxy and we're stuck on this, you know, crap hole of a planet, you know, maybe they work at like a mining facility or something or, Maybe like a lab somewhere where they do research on stuff. So one day, one of them, um, he's like the, the guy who like walks into the company meetings and like, you know, like brings coffee and stuff. So he walks in and he's not somebody that you'd really notice. So he walks in and they're having a meeting, you know, he's bringing them their stuff. And then he's, he turns and starts leaving. And then he hears one of the guys say something about, the asset potentially being valued at whatever the Star Wars equivalent of like a few billion dollars is. And you know, he like stops for a second. He's like, you know, thinking, you know, he the wheels are already turning in his mind. So he summons all his friends together. He's like, guys, I have an idea. We're gonna commit a heist at my job. Star and Wars. And you know, they're heist like movie. Are you out of your mind? So the movie, you know, it's kind of like a heist, kind of a, you know, comedy, drama, lighthearted, you know, like Ocean's Eleven type movie, you know, just a group of bumbling idiots. I mean, like a few of them are smart, but they're not, maybe one or two of them have done like small crimes, but this is a pretty big deal. And, you know, of course, company security catches wind of it. And then, you know, there's a whole lot of shenanigans that ensue. And the, the reason I'm pitching this is because I don't know about you, Caleb. I'm tired of Jedi. I'm tired of Sith. Okay. I don't okay. want any part of it. I don't want to see stormtroopers, lightsabers, any of that nonsense. Get that out of my face. I like it, but I just want to see something, you know, just lighthearted. Show how regular people are affected by stuff in the Star Wars universe. And we haven't really gotten a lot of that. So I'm You know what's that funny? Back. That uh, that's a huge sentiment shared by a lot of people, and it's true. That's one reason Andor was so special and so good. And what's funny is I think Robot Chicken did that very well when they go through the pretty much the life of a stormtrooper, and you get to see just the average, you know, everyday, you know, goings on of a stormtrooper being affected by all this crazy stuff going on around. That's him. why I love the addition yeah. in Force Awakens that there are stormtroopers who have to clean stuff. Like essentially, I was thinking about that earlier. Because I mean, yeah. yeah, of course. Okay, so the second one, 
Um, I'm going to do the more fleshed out show last. So the next one is a video game. And I literally thought this up when I was at work today. You know, I was by myself. I had to cover for somebody who was out. And it was just me and my thoughts. And that's a recipe for disaster. So, you know, my favorite genre of story mysteries yes. you know whether yeah. it's a murder mystery psychological mystery i don't care i just love not knowing stuff having to piece together things and being that's why episode loop. two is your favorite <laughs> half of that movie is my favorite okay. um but okay so check this out a star wars game that's a detective <laughs> game so you play as a main character he's a detective you know kind of f- freelance you know people contact him and he helps them solve their crimes. You know, he's a free agent. He doesn't, he's a really nice guy though. Like he's not that detective cliche where it's like, I got to solve this case and I'm really depressed and I haven't slept. You know, he's just a regular dude, but twist, which this is a bit hypocritical considering that ran. I just went on earlier, but he is force sensitive. Now, I don't know about you, but when I play Jedi Fallen Order, Surprisingly, the thing I liked the most wasn't the combat, wasn't the graphics, wasn't the set pieces. All those things were cool, but my favorite thing was just exploring all these planets, you know, finding secret areas, finding those points where you can use the force to, like, get a glimpse of something. Yeah, I want to interject because (laughs) it makes makes sense for a detective to be force sensitive and that would play very well into a game because of the force echoes. Cal had you can use that to kind of make get a glimpse into something, and that would make it scary because if the crime was really violent, he's gonna be seeing all that, you know, and he's gonna be feeling, you know, what the victims were feeling and stuff, and you know, sensing. Don't go down this this uh, trail here, but essentially it'll be an Alan Wake two type of game, but a Jedi. You know what? I've thought about don't go down the trail. Remedy. To develop this game, but I'm yeah. saving them for okay. a video game I hope to pitch that involves a certain Marvel character. And that's all I'm going to say. But okay, I, good. I thought about Remedy, but, you know, think Condemned Criminal Origins, the investigative segments in the Batman Arkham games, you know, like yeah. you're playing as this character who can see these things. Um, now, it would be narrative-focused, but I think... Even for me, I have to concede that pitching a Star Wars game with no action would be kind of a tough sell, you know, like with nothing thrilling. So it'd be also you would, you know, get moments where you're either like fighting hand to hand, you know, like maybe the main characters trained in a terrorist Kasai, which is a fighting game that like five people know about. So shout out to the five people who played that crap. Um, I'm not one of them. And I thought about making it a third-person game, but I think making it first-person would be more immersive in a way. And there's a lot of third-person Star Wars games. So as far as developer, I honestly... Maybe you could help me with this to find one, but I the the only people I thought of were uh, Monolith Productions. Who, okay. The that's only a, I game mean, that's a good one. they've made I've played is Condemned Criminal Origins, but they also made Condemned Two Bloodshot, which I like, but the story goes full psycho patient by the end, which I 
I'll give you mine real quick because you're going to hear me out. You're going to like this. Okay. And there's a reason. I'm not just saying it to, to say it. Kojima Productions. Here's why. I, th- I thought of him. <laughs> because he is a kind of person that, think about Death Stranding. You can actually play almost the entirety of Death Stranding without you doing any type of combat. So he is a kind of person that could take uh, a mechanic or a gameplay style and make it so engaging and, and interactive and, and whatever um, that would make it fun where it wouldn't necessarily be an action-heavy game where you could play it without action. That's actually like a that. pretty – yeah, because I like thought about like you could play it stealthy, fighting, or some combination of both. And then I thought of having because the main character is sensitive with the force, so like imagine what of, Kojima would do with that. Some kind of morality <laughs> system where like maybe d- depending on how you approach certain things and talk to certain NPCs and whatnot, like that'll g- give you new abilities you can use to help solve your cases. But they might not all be good. So like a positive one might be like you could like like sense people's intentions you know whereas like a evil ability quote unquote would be like you could like manipulate people's brains so that they have no choice but to tell you the truth you know so it's like you got the truth but at what cost you know so it would be kind of a test of you know the main character's psyche and all that and then the, I the other of- developer i thought of would be sucker punch the mm. reason why would be Ghost of Tsushima, Infamous. Infamous, you got the morality system. Yeah. They're, they're, they know how to do that. Um, the detective-like story telling that they have in Ghost of Tsushima while also having a story that is, uh, you know, do you tackle it stealthy or do you tackle it honorably head-on? So you oh, can yeah. choose how you want to, you know, how you want to go about it. So... They would be a good developer. Yeah, so I – my reason for this is, you know, I would – I want to bring the kind of Star Wars stuff that I want to see into video games. You know, like a lot of Star Wars games, it's either playing as like a bounty hunter, a soldier – I mean like a soldier, Jedi. There's the pod racing game. Like that's all cool, you know, and there would be driving segments in this, by the way. So you could trick out your speeder or whatever. That'd be fun. But, like, I I don't know. Like, it'd be cool to have a Star Wars game that's, like, unconventional. You know, like, maybe people see it and they're like, oh, that's interesting. So, okay, the last one, it's a TV show. Um, now, full disclaimer, I don't know anything about the expanded universe or any of that. So, my pitch might clash with that. I don't care. I don't care. I, I would just tell the devs. Don't worry about it too much. Like, be informed, but don't feel... That's literally what George told the creatives back in the 90s when they were making the Expanded Universe and I think I read and that, making yeah. canon stuff. He's like, okay, if it clashes, you know, just do your thing. It's, you know, it's we're having fun here. It's, it's okay. It's Expanded Universe <laughs> for a reason. Yeah, so this would be about a group of... Teenagers to young adults, so like ages 18 to like 26, 27, somewhere in that ballpark. until dawn, but it's in the Jedi Temple. Ah, I mean, you're kind of not wrong, actually. Um, (laughs) So, you know, they 
they're all friends and you know they've dreamed of becoming inquisitors you know like feeling powerful like you know they've all had like crappy lives and they ran away from home and they want to make a name for themselves you know so they make a blood pact they're like we are going to be inquisitors and you know we're going to serve in the empire and just kick ass together you know just you know our you know families will see us and they'll be like man look at him now i wish i treated him differently you know all that i wish i never underestimated them so it's basically like the social network where is this where is it oh my god oh the social network meets othello you know the shakespeare story I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. I'm it's a great story. It's basically a story of one guy slowly screwing over one of his friends, like in the worst way possible. Um, so, you know, they're going through this academy and, you know, at first everything's okay. But then, you know, eventually certain leaders start whispering in their ears like, hey, I've heard how they talk about you behind your back. They think you're weak. They think you're a joke, you know. They've been saying, oh, you know, they're never going to make it. They're never going to be an inquisitor, you know, this and that, you know, slowly driving a wedge in between them. Because in the cis mind, there's no place for love. There's no place for attachment. There's no place for friendship. There's no place for any relationships that won't serve you and let you be the best that you can be. Screw all that stuff. Be selfish. Give in. You're the one, you're the one who's most important. So, you know, it's basically this, like, this psychological drama of these friends slowly turning on each other, betraying each other. Some of them kill the other ones. In the final episode, one of them kills the other one. And then, you know, it's the main character who gets axed. And then it's a set, and then they get like a call and then they're like, is everything okay? And then they're like, yeah, um, so-and-so went rogue and tried to kill me. So, I had to take them out. And then so it's basically like they accomplished their goal. They became an Inquisitor. They're now going to serve in the Empire at the right hand of Vader. But look at everything That's they cool. had to sacrifice to get there. Yeah. You know, I'm like... It's a yeah interactive I, way to go through that. Yeah, I like I it. picture like the final shot of like, you know, like they're in front of everybody and everyone's like, you know, like clapping and cheering them on and they're like being crowned the new inquisitor or whatever. And like, they like have this like smile on their face, but like the camera like slowly zooms in and there's just a little crack. Like maybe there's still a little part of them that regrets it, but that's the price. If you want to be a Sith, that's the price of the dark side. That's the power of the dark side. It ruins that your life. Is, yes. but it gives you everything you want, but it makes you a shell of your former self. So, those are my Star Wars projects. Um, Mine are nowhere near as creative right now. Literally, you the movie. I yes, I have oh, three. Nice. Awesome. Oh, okay, my, let's go. My first one is is it's almost a cop out, but it's just the truth. I want to see the the dawn of the Jedi. You know, James Mangold was supposed to make is supposed to make this movie he better do you know who knows if it'll happen but if if i was tasked to be you know be making a star wars movie i would go back to the very beginning we need to see the very beginning that doesn't involve skywalkers doesn't even have to involve jedi and sith jedi and sith like we know it but 
I've had that thought too. Like, what is go to the beginning prehistoric yeah. times in the Star Wars universe look like? And yes, the first people who d- discovered the Force, however they did, yes. How did it affect them? How did they learn how to use it? How did they learn how to tap into it? You could almost do. I've never seen that movie Apocalypto, but like I kind of have an idea of what the vibe is based on trailers. I kind of picture that movie being like that, where it's like, you know, like the first cavemen creating fire. Like that probably yes. screwed with their minds so bad. And maybe, you know, they kind of started a war and I don't know, like it would be pretty. <laughs> yeah. I, I can totally see that. And then playing through Jedi Survivor, you get obviously, um, you know, a lot of story elements that happened in the High Republic era. And it's so cool seeing old, like, old times in Star Wars. It's very interesting because, you know, Star Wars happened a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, but they're advanced and they're, yeah. you know, myth- mythological, they're spiritual, they're, you know, it's very different than our world. So a prehistoric Star Wars would look so much different than ours. And you would be able to get away from rebellion, empire, uh, you know, all this stuff, Jedi, Sith, as we know it, still have those themes, but it would look different. Okay. Uh, that's my movie one. I have one for a TV show, but I'm obviously thinking it would have to be animated. And that would literally just be Star Wars What If. This needs oh, to happen. Yeah. This needs to, ha- this needs to happen. It needs to be an anthology. It needs to be episode by episode. It doesn't need to be a, you know, string. You don't need to string the whole season together. Just make an episode, you know, what if this happened? What if this happened? What if this happened? We're in the modern era where we, we can do this with animation so easily. There have been people theorizing about Star Wars since the very beginning. I mean, this just makes sense. What what scenario would you like to see a what if variation of the most? Wow, I'm glad you asked. We're gonna get into that later for one of oh, my topics. Oh wow, okay. <laughs> so intrigue, speculation. <laughs> my last one is a game. And it's simple and it's amazing. It's fun. Again, shout out to Jake James Lugo because I think it's a great idea. I saw him uh kind of Put this idea out there and i completely agree with it for a video game give us a full-fledged remake of revenge of the sith the video game think of just think about it that game is a great movie tie-in game like it's actually oh, yeah. a really good movie tie-in. i played game. that game i'm surprised yes. that my that the the actual disc isn't scratched to high hell because I just played that thing. Con- like I saw the movie, it's so good. And I got the game, and I was like, "Yo, this is the greatest game I've ever played." It's and it it was couch, not, but it's really damn good anyway. I think it was couch co op, but imagine with online co op nowadays, and imagine like you know they could put elements in there from the novelization that would just make it so much more detailed. Games can allow for so much more, um, you know, depth to something that then rather than just sitting and watching it. So I think an actual remake of Revenge of the Sith video game would be a great idea. One example of a movie tying game that does add more depth is the Peter Jackson King Kong movie game. Yeah, that's such an underrated game, dude. Like freaking, like it, like you know, watching the movie, it's cool, but like actually playing it, it's like a survival game a little bit. Like 
you're fighting, you know, these like giant creatures and you like have to find like spears and stuff. And, you know, like if you run out of bullets, it's like, oh crap, I got to find this. And, you know, being up close to like a giant scorpion or something is terrifying. And like, you can't quite get that level of immersion by just watching the movie. Yeah. The only other thing I could think of, I just want to throw this out there real quick is, um, because that's just a remake, but I think an Ahsoka video game is needed, especially now, you know, with the TV series being successful and that really is the direction of Star Wars is going in. So I could see a Jedi Survivor like video game, but it's Ahsoka and it takes place, you know, sometime around the TV show. You could have Balin Skull in there, you know, because you kind of can't do him in live action now. You could have him in there. You know, you could have Thrawn and Ezra, and you could really tap into uh, a huge audience with an Ahsoka game. Uh, you know, I think that'd be great. So, yeah. All right. Cool. Now my topic, Tony. All right. <laughs> if you could change one aspect of Star Wars, big or small. Oh, wow. And you, it, it, you could give me multiple examples, but let's just say one instance in Star Wars. If you could change one thing from happening, big or small, what would it be? Almost like think about it like a what if episode. What if this happened instead of this? Something. It doesn't have to be anything huge, but it could be. It could be something oh, huge. Be something. Small. I got it. I mean, what is it? This is a spoiler <laughs> for our Rise of Skywalker episode. I'm not even the first person to say this. I'm probably not even the 8,000th person to say this. But Kylo Ren should not have died in Rise of Skywalker after yeah. becoming himself. That's a good one. Yeah. And having no lines of dialogue and getting his ass kicked in the final battle. Dude, I would, dude, it should have been revert. Ray should have died. And then Ben Solo should have yes. lived. The Skywalker in him rose again, and he has to live to atone for all the evil shit that he did. And he basically becomes like a Ronin, you know, Jedi. Yeah. You know, he's just on his own. That would be awesome. You know, just on like secret missions. You know, maybe he like starts wearing a mask again, or maybe half a mask, or I don't know, something. And then like when he helps people and they want to know who he is, he like. He doesn't tell them what his name is because he doesn't feel like like he has to live up to the adopting the Skywalker name. I yeah. it it just baffles me that like that was the creative choice that they made in that movie. Like they built him up so much and then nothing. He just gets absolutely yeah. nothing. Like in service of somebody else's story, who's not as good of a character. Like so, yeah, that would undoubtedly be the be the one thing. If I could just have one thing. I, I've thought about this a lot. And I keep going back to my favorite line in all of Star Wars. Because, you know, it's, it's, this is my favorite aspect of Star Wars. And I'll, I'll elaborate. But this is my favorite. Uh, what, what, is, what, is he, uh, what does he say exactly? You have failed your highness. I am a Jedi like my father before me. I think that's one of the greatest lines. It, it, well, I think it's the best line in Star Wars, and I think it's one of the greatest scenes in Star Wars. Here's what I would change. Has nothing to do with Luke. 
I want to I want to change. What if Obi Wan was right about Anakin when Obi Wan told Luke that Vader killed your father? We know that he was wrong because uh, Luke redeemed his father, was saying, you know, I'm not. I'll, I'll be. A, I'm a Jedi like my father before me. While Anakin was still Vader, Luke threw down his lightsaber. Palpatine. You know, did his thing, and then Vader, Anakin, had a dilemma, had a choice, and then he chose the light side. What if he was dead and chose the dark side? So, what if Luke threw down his lightsaber, and instead of Vader jumping in to save him, he let him die? That's my what if. I could imagine, you know, that moment in the final battle of Invincible Season 1 where, like, Omni-Man, like, he's about to kill Mark, and then he's like, Mark's like, at least I still have you, Dad. And then that makes him, like, maybe, like, oh, God, I could just imagine, like, in, like, Luke's, like, dying moments, you know, like, you know, like, maybe Palpatine's like, you've done well, my apprentice. And then he, like, walks away, and then, like, Vader just, like, stares at his body, like, what the hell did I just do? Ends. <laughs> just ends. Like, I think that would be um now knowing post return of the jedi what they're doing imagine if it wasn't a cgi luke but instead it was a practical vader suit and instead of luke coming back to train the new people to rise up against thrawn and the first order what if it was still vader what if vader took the emperor's spot and then what if now return of the jedi landscape looks like these rebel remnants fighting back against vader who is the emperor trying to defeat him i think that'd be an interesting you know landscape for star wars i think it'd be i think it'd lead to interesting storytelling because luke would be a force ghost uh so maybe he could still turn him in a different way uh, i think it would just be interesting uh maybe vader becomes like immortalized as a hero because he sacrifices himself to save the entire rebellion like he decides to like you know like help them fight off the empire and then dies and then you know the because in return yeah. of the jedi vader dying it doesn't seem like a, a, anybody really knew about that you know like the, they don't yeah. you know like five imperial workers knew but they were probably like yeah ha, screw you yeah we're getting buy. off the ship you know <laughs> But, like, imagine, like, if, like, you know, like, people got to publicly see Vader lay down his life to stop the Empire and then be like, wow, I mean, yeah, he was evil, but there's no d denying that he still helped us win this victory today. You know, yeah. like, that would, like, ima like, imagine how that w would, like, shatter people's preconceptions about, like, light side and the dark side. Like, maybe the wall... <laughs> between light light and dark side isn't as thick as we thought it was it, yeah it's just it would just be something different and i think that's you know uh a critical point in star wars that had to happen the way it did and i think it's obviously better the way it happened george was right he made the right decision but that's my favorite aspect of star wars and i think seeing it completely changed and switched up would be amazing you know i'm not the kind of person to get upset and cry when one of my favorite characters or aspects gets changed you know is it my favorite 
might not be my favorite, but it would be really interesting to see something that oh, yeah. insane happen. You know, we still have the original. I'd also like to see, like, what if Luke accepted Vader's proposal and Empire? That's a big <laughs> one. That's another big one. Yeah. So I'm thinking of moments like, and, like that. Or Luke has to fight Leia at the ooh, end. Ooh, that's an interesting one. That'd yeah. be, oh, dang. <laughs> Or uh, another huge one uh, is what if uh, Obi-Wan lost on Mustafar? That was uh, in the Revenge of the Sith game. There's like an alternate ending you can get where you play as Anakin and then kill him. And then I think I mentioned this on the Revenge of the Sith one, but I'll bring it up again because it's cool. Like, um, you know, like Palpatine brings Anakin before the stormtroopers and stuff, you know, to the castle. And then he gives him a red lightsaber and he's like, the galaxy belongs to us now. And then Anakin ignites the saber, kills Palpatine. And then he's like, no, the galaxy belongs to me. I'm like that is the it's coldest <laughs> shit. Oh my God. That's liter- You're describing <laughs> the last Jedi that happened. Oh yeah. Essentially. And then they proceeded <laughs> to ruin it. Cause then they ruined Kylo it. Kylo yeah. Ren's the Supreme leader. No, he's not. Well, <laughs> Well, he wanted, but no, that's what's cool. Okay, let's get into it. That's what's cool, though. He wanted to follow in the footsteps of Anakin. What did Anakin want? He wanted to overthrow the Emperor and rule the galaxy with Padme. Milo wanted to do that. He wanted to overthrow Snoke and rule the galaxy with Rey. He tried to kill Rey like five times. He tried to run her over with a speeder. So did Anakin. He was choking Padme out if it wasn't for Obi Wan. They're both dumb. Think yeah, about that's it. That's my point. Yeah. Anakin so... was stupid and so was Ben Solo. <laughs> exactly. But the Rise of Skywalker retconned him into being an idiot. He wasn't that dumb. He was n- naive, but not stupid. If that makes sense. Listen, I'm not uh, The Last Jedi apologist. I don't like that movie. <laughs> but there's. A lot of things in it that I like that it gets right. And I think Kylo specifically is one of those things. He's obviously a great character. And the fact that he is like wanting to be a a mini (laughs) Vader is super cool, super interesting. You can do a lot with that. And obviously moving forward in modern Star Wars, I think having a Ben Solo character alive would be amazing. Um, They really... They really messed up. Yeah, they almost had something new, and then they, got they almost. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we're doing it. We're doing something good. We're going in a good direction. Let's stop, and let's just copy the uh, George's homework. <laughs> Even though we have the answer sheet, let's just copy his homework. <laughs> that is, uh, I guess, my topic about a what if scenario situation but like i said at the beginning there needs to be some kind of star wars what if because the possibilities are endless so definitely now tony do you have another topic um yeah i'm i mean i potentially have two because they're kind of quick but if not we could just talk about so i wanted to you know like if it's to end the episode kind of like a look for maybe we've looked back at Star Wars, but let's look yeah. ahead now. So, so you know where it's kind of a twofold question. Like, where would you say your relationship is with Star Wars now, in terms of like how happy you are with you know every Star Wars thing we've gotten, and um, what do you hope to see in the future? You know, 
in terms of like not just optimism like what would you think would be cool but like if you have any constructive criticism for like star wars it's like what would you want them to do that would kind of if you have any that's a great uh, question any like flaws or anything like that like alleviate no that's a great question I, i think we should end the episode on this this is good uh my relationship with star wars is interesting because i look at the the landscape i look at the community i look at you know, what the official accounts post and I get very uh, discouraged. I feel underwhelmed by it all. And then I watch Andor and I love it. Then I watch Ahsoka and I absolutely love it. Then I play a little game like Lego Star Wars and I love it. Then I, I play Jedi Survivor and I love it. So I, I'm, uh, I'm honestly very happy with star wars because i don't focus on the aspects i don't like one thing i want to do uh with this podcast that we that we do and one thing i do personally is i focus on what i love and i focus on things i can critique for a positive outcome i don't focus on the things that i hate uh there are things that I dislike that I'm like, okay, well, how can we actually look at this to get something good out of it or to move forward to create something good? Uh, so I think that's a great question. Now, I like a lot of the projects. Uh, I was mid on Kenobi. Uh, I was mid on Mando. Oh, I've always been mid on Mando. I, it was never my favorite. Oh, uh, really? It was just in comparison. I think it was just <laughs> amazing, but... Overall, I'm not the biggest fan of Mando. Um, I loved Andor. Uh, I did not like Book of Boba Fett. Um, that's why I don't talk about it. <laughs> I I loved Ahsoka. I think Ahsoka is the best content since Revenge of the Sith, personally. And I love the games. I think every single game is amazing. I can't wait for Outlaws, so that's awesome. The High Republic is pretty cool. I have the book, one of the books right here. Um, not my favorite, but I am excited. What I'm excited for and what I can critique, what I'm excited for is the video games. I think really that, you know, Lucasfilms games, uh, or whatever they want to call themselves now, uh, are knocking it out of the park with the video games. I think all of them have been amazing. I don't think any have been like bad, you know? I look forward to the games. I look forward to anything Dave Filoni touches. I'm a I love Dave Filoni. He is the apprentice, literally, to George. So I love Ahsoka. I think everything in Ahsoka was peak Star Wars. Anything involving, you know, Dave Filoni, all of that. I love it. Not really excited for the new movies. Uh, I, if I have any kind of critiques, they need to double down on the stuff that the fans want, which would be James Mangold's Dawn of the Jedi. Everyone's excited about that. What they are doubling down on are Skeleton Crew, which no one seems to really care about, uh, by Taika. No, that's uh, John Watts. Uh, John Watts. Oh, Taika has one that no one really knows about. I A few years ago, I would have been stoked by that. Now I'm like, just throw it, throw it away. Worry. Throw it in the throw it away. Throw, Trash it. Throw the movie and him in the garbage. That um, 
And I'm really on the fence about the Ray movie they just announced about two weeks ago. Yeah, same. So I'll, I'll let you speak on that a little bit more, but I, I am a little mixed on that. Uh, I actually like Ray, but I think that that ship has passed. Uh, it's it's sailed. It's gone. It's yeah. Not, it, like it's going to be hard to get on. people who weren't a fan of her character to yeah give it a chance just because maybe the writing will be better like to a lot of people that doesn't matter and i get it you know i totally get i'm excited for the acolyte (laughs) sorry yeah uh no it's fine Uh, acolyte i'm excited for that i'm just thinking here of all of the the products coming uh i would be happy so happy for a kenobi season two because the best part about kenobi was young leia so if they have a season two they could dive more into that and focus less on the Inquisitors. The Inquisitors were the lamest part of Kenobi. The coolest part was the Obi-Wan and Young Leia stuff. So they need to just do more of that. Uh, in terms of that, that's really all I can think of off the top of my head. But yeah, those are the, you know, that's where I'm at with Star Wars. Uh, I'm actually excited about a lot of the stuff they have coming and my critique would just be listen to the fans, obviously. Um, that's all I can say about it. Listen to the fans. We, we Give us a what if. The fans want a what if. Uh, Visions was a step in the right direction. I think they're directions. making that, actually. I think. And um, that might be announced. I don't know if it's official. Obviously, wow. it's been there's been rumored a ton. But um, and the last thing I will say is about all of this is don't forget your roots. And part of their roots is animated shows. It's not live action shows. Frankly, they are never going to make uh, you know, independent Star Wars movies. They're all going to be blockbusters from here on out. So whatever. If there's one thing that Lucasfilms can preserve, it's their animated series. Continue doing stuff like The Clone Wars. Continue doing stuff like the Bad Batch. And then, obviously, Tales of the Jedi. We need more. Give us Tales of the Bounty Hunters. Tales of the Sith. Tales of the Smugglers. You know what I mean? Tales of the Pirates. Tales of the Republic. Tales of the First Order. Whatever. Give us, ta- give us more of the, these really, like, really story, you know, long, uh, you know, ideological animated episodes that follow uh, almost a anthology type, uh, you know, process where they one episode is about one thing, then one episode is completely different. But there's a few episodes that connect. It, it was really cool how it went from Dooku seeing his slow turn and then seeing Ahsoka. And then seeing Dooku, then seeing Ahsoka, then seeing Dooku. And it kind of parallels almost uh, uh, a story, even though it doesn't, they're not, they don't have the same trajectory, but it's a parallel uh, kind of way to tell stories that, that happen with these characters that we, we love because we, we don't see these characters enough on screen. We can't. So focus on the animated series. Um, and then, uh, yeah. That's all I could say. That and then the novels are kind of in a weird place with the High Republic. But um, I think if they focused on their bread and butter, listen to the fans, they would be uh, in a better position. But aside from that, 
Dave Filoni has Star Wars in good hands, so anything he touches, I'm there for. Well, I mean, my points are going to be kind of opposite to you in some aspects, not – um, so I, my relationship with Star Wars I'd say, since 20 – when did Mando season two – let me see. I want to see Mandalorian season two came out. 2020. Uh, the first episode aired in 2019. So, yeah, it ended. Okay, so I'd say, you know, Rise of Skywalker, I – we're going to talk about it, but I went through kind of a journey with that movie. I'm like, that was terrible. Nah, I actually like it. No, it was terrible. No, nah, I like, you know, back and forth, back and forth. It was like The Last Jedi, but it didn't have a positive end. Um, So, you know, that really soured me. And then Mando season one, I was like, I'm not. And then I saw Solo. People crap on that movie. Yeah, it had a long production because they fired Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who I think were a weird choice, but they're interesting filmmakers so i would have at least liked to see that version we got ron howard which he's a pretty good director you know he's a pretty legendary director um i like that movie a lot it has a lot of what i want from star wars i mean it's not you know like great but i i think that movie's pretty solid um mandalorian season one i really enjoyed all the way through i thought that was solid i was like oh it feels like the original trilogy it's grounded you know small scale great and then we got Mandalorian season two, which has one of the worst endings to anything I've ever seen, where our heroes are up against the insurmountable odds. How are they going to get out of this one? CGI young Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker shows up, saves everybody, and then he's acting exactly how all the toxic fans wanted him to act in Last Jedi. So they were like, oh, Ryan Johnson sucks. Zay Filoni and John Favreau are the real MVPs because they're, you know, catering to the lowest common denominator. And I just started to see modern Star Wars for what it was. It took me longer than everyone else, but I'm like, they're not interested, for the most part, in telling interesting stories. They're not interested in doing creative stuff. All they're trying to do is they have a big bowl of slop, and they're just spoon-feeding it to people. And the people are going, mm, this is good. Mm, I like this slop yeah. that I've had 20,000 times. Please, May I have 20,000 more bowls of this slop I've had a thousand times. And, you know, I'm not knocking you if you like, you know, the John Favreau, Dave Filoni stuff. I mean, he made Clone Wars, which I haven't seen, but is a legendary show, and I'm sure it's great. You, listen, you will love Clone Wars. You'll love Rebels. Probably love Rebels more than anything Star Wars almost. Trust mm -hmm. me. And then I think you would love Ahsoka so much because it does <laughs> something different than... <laughs> the you know uh mainstream star wars it's it's very I do unique watch the whole thing i didn't I had some stuff happen that kind of ruined my association with that show it had i just i think show, but. i think yeah <laughs> i think you would love dave filoni stuff and i think it's the john favreau stuff that uh we don't really enjoy all that much i like john favreau but i i I kind of had a moment where, like, he's amazing. I was like, he's amazing. But, Neo in yeah. the Matrix Revolutions, and I saw the Matrix code, and I'm like, oh, that's exactly John Favreau's formula when it comes to Star. Okay. So my yeah. relationship with Star Wars ever since then has been like this. You know, I wasn't a fan of Mando season two, and then I play Jedi Survivor, and I'm like, this game's buggy as hell, 
but but fun. I had a really good time. <laughs> I had a really good so time fun. exploring these planets. Yeah. You know, fighting. Uh, you know, the story really kicks into gear towards the end of the third act, and I was like, "Dude, it's so I, good." I like that. That was good. And then I see a lot of the stuff they're making. Like they're making like Book of Boba Fett, which like I don't want to see Boba Fett as not part of an ensemble. Get, get that out of my face. Acolyte, I barely even. It's about Sith or something. Okay. Uh, skeleton crew with John Watts. I like John Watts. I'm at least interested in that. They're making a Ray movie that could go either way. James Mangold movie, big thumbs up. I don't yes. remember what the other movie was. Was there uh, another Taika? <laughs> Taika Watiti. I so I like Thor Ragnarok and Thor: Love and Thunder is an insult to humanity. I'm gonna bring that to the UN as a human rights violation. Um, so. You know, I like, I, you know, I, I don't like that. I feel like I'm not excited for a lot of Star Wars stuff, but you know, there's still plenty of stuff. Like I haven't seen all of Andor. I haven't seen Clone Wars, any of the animated stuff. So, you know, there's Jedi Survivor. I haven't even played the Force Unleashed yet. So I'm going to, you know, play that. So I have no shortage of Star Wars stuff that I can be excited for, even if it's not necessarily the mainstream. Star Wars Visions is light years ahead of anything that was made by yes. Disney, and that includes my favorite Star Wars movie, The Last Jedi. Um, so, you know, so what I want to see from Star Wars in the future, great video games, first of all, which yes. Outlaws could be a banger, but... I'm, 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 ooh, I can't, I can't wait I think for it's that. being, isn't it being published by Bethesda, though, or something? You, uh, Ubisoft. Oh, yeah, which I can't say. Uh, the only stuff I know about their games is what I've heard. I haven't actually... They have been going games. in the right direction. Like, they they have changed. Like, Good. Them, I, I think these big publishers like EA and Ubisoft are learning finally. Um, and they're, in, they're going in the right direction. So I would um, <clears throat> I would have some faith. I'd have some hope in it. Um, I... I want movies that don't have anything to do with Jedi or Sith. And if you're going to, if they're going to insist on doing it, cause it brings in money, leave the Skywalkers out of it. I don't care about that. I, agree. I don't, 100%. I don't need to see any more of that story. We didn't well, need that story. We love up. them, but it's done. Yeah. Like they, there's, there's a six movie story that has a beginning, middle and end. The last two Skywalkers dead and he died in the worst way possible. <laughs> Ray Skywalker, I mean, Ray's a spiritual Skywalker. Cool concept. I don't like it. I don't care. Screw that noise, whatever. If you like it, great. You're, you're you and I'm me. That's cool, whatever. I, I have no hard feelings. Uh, I want more. I think the, the number one thing, and I was thinking about this as you were talking, is that, you know, Star Wars started really as like, independent film you know yes. it was renegade filmmaker george lucas has this weird idea he got yes. he somehow got a studio to throw some money at him to make it it was a horrible production everything went wrong his wife helped edit the movie down to something that was more streamlined you know so that's part of why some people have this idea that like his wife saved the movie totally that's probably not true but she helped you know so it's cool you know, he was in that environment where 
he could really flex his creative muscles, you know? And then, so, here's a crazy idea. In the future, Star Wars should literally do independent stuff. Like, like I want to see Star Wars movies that are no more than, like, $80 million. Yeah. Godzilla Minus One costs $15 million. Yes. And that is one of the most heartfelt, incredible visually spectacular blockbusters i've ever seen i saw that in a theater and i was like how much money this is did has they, how star wars should how be. much money did yeah. they use i couldn't tell because if you use a resource is good if you have a great script if you have people who know what they're doing and want to tell a story about life love death loss humanity trauma all this stuff you can do it so not fan service. Yeah, so bring Star Wars back to its indie roots and just be independent. Have one-off Star Wars shows, like anthologies, like you were saying. Have one-off Star Wars movies. Then yeah. you could bring in really big-name actors and actresses who have to do just one movie, and then that's it. And then you have a Star Wars thing. Hell, one of my ideas that I didn't pitch was like a Star Wars horror movie. Like, a literal low-budget horror movie in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. You know, do, you know, like, stuff like I suggested, like a Star Wars comedy drama heist, you know, just about regular people. Just maybe zoom out, a, zoom in a little bit. You have this big view of the whole galaxy. Zoom in a little bit and focus on the people in this universe and less on big-scale planet wide conflict and all that stuff that stuff's cool i like that stuff but you just gotta do something different because if not you're just gonna keep reskinning a pig that you skin twenty thousand times and you know like people are gonna be like that's not different than the last thing it's just wearing a different yeah. skin and you're like no well that's different it's like you know <laughs> bring the independent soul that george lucas started this franchise yes. with back in the franchise if you, they don't do that i promise you eventually it's just going to become kind of irrelevant to modern audiences and that's not good because this is a franchise that has stood around for a reason and if you lose the reason why that is which was you know independent creative mind creative thinkers people who wanted to be creative instead of make a product and make money and build yeah. a big universe yeah. you're just totally missing the point i that's what i was saying i completely agree with you star wars needs to go back to its roots and i think that's kind of what we got out of this uh you know bringing topics and talking i think we just want star wars to go back to its roots we want to see independent films even if they're not good i'm wearing an episode one shirt because i just love what george did with that movie because he just had a vision and he executed it say what you want about episode one it wasn't just fan service it was george trying to craft a story that he had a vision for i mean he followed through on that movie kind of pioneered cgi you know really it was yeah it wasn't just a rehash of something. It was creative, uh, a creative indie mind at work with a you know high budget and just the most creative, you know, effects team and effects studio to ever work on a movie. I mean, ILM. So 
we need to get back to Star Wars needs to get back to its roots with that creativity and that passion and that drive. Same thing with animation. He led the way with the Clone Wars. That was something that has never been done in animation before. That's one reason that he had to sell was because it was so expensive to do the Clone Wars. But he wanted to do it because he had that drive, that that storyteller, that independent, I'm going to tell this story the way I want to tell it type of drive with it. Um, now we just see, hey, we don't get that anymore. Let's just remake it and bring it back to life with CG. And we don't want that. So that I mean, is... George was, excuse my pun, but a rebel. <laughs> so oh, I'm yeah. just saying, bring the rebels back into Star Wars. Star Wars is about rebels. It should be made by rebels, not people who are part of the system. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> It's so funny because people compare Disney to the Empire. And I mean, it's like, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what George's story was kind of telling. It's you know, almost was as the if, independent person you know, versus the. All the yeah. Star Wars movies are some kind of war commentary about what was going on at the time. It's almost like that. It's almost like we've lost that mind that's trying to tell a story about something. That's just gone, and now we just have story. What was the sequel trilogy really about? Kind of nothing, <laughs> nothing, and that's the that's the that's a problem. So I'm glad we can kind of critique it and find uh, you know not what we hate because we love this stuff, but what we can do to make things better. What we can look forward in the aspects we can look forward to. So. I hope these are all hits. And like I said, I highly, highly, highly recommend Ahsoka and Rebels to you. Uh, all right. It's great storytelling. So let's leave this episode by talking about our favorite character or two out of all of Star Wars. Ooh. One, I will say, I'll let you think. All right. One, I will say is Cal Kestis. I love Cal Kestis. I love how he was done in the games. I can't wait to see him, hopefully one day in live action. Uh, he is just an amazing character. So he's a newer character, uh, and I, I just appreciate that because he he kind of came out of nowhere and was amazing, and I just I love that. So Cal Kestis, that's obviously one of mine. And, you know, we could sit here and say Obi-Wan, Anakin, Luke, you know, the the big names. One person I will say, though, is Qui-Gon. Mm. Qui-Gon was yeah. really only in one movie. His voice was in three. He had a cameo in a specific show. But what Qui-Gon, uh, his presence echoes through all of Star Wars. Through Obi-Wan, through Anakin. Uh, Qui-Gon really was an amazing Jedi, an amazing character, an amazing portrayal by Liam Neeson. Everyone loves Qui-Gon. Come on. Everyone loves Qui-Gon. He's one of my favorite Jedi. He's an example of what a true Jedi should be, along with, you know, Ahsoka and uh, and Luke. So I just love those Jedi. I love those Jedi. You know what so. I just put together? I'll leave you with that. Yeah. What's that? You know, the hero faction fighting the Empire in the original trilogy are called the Rebels, right? Qui-Gon was yes. a Jedi who was also a Rebel. Yes, he was. It's like poetry. <laughs> <laughs> they rhyme. So. <laughs> so I'd say, I mean, my favorite Star Wars character is obviously Babu Frick. I mean, 
<laughs> no, dude, dude. He's so good that even people who hate Rise of Skywalker agree that Babu Frick's awesome. He's the he was best like part of the, movie. The, the, the only thing of this new trilogy where the fan base was like totally united. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, uh, before you say your official pick, I will say though, Balin Skull. I mentioned him earlier. He has become one of my favorite Star Wars characters ever, and he was only in a little bit of Ahsoka, and I, he's just amazing. So, okay. Those are my those are my those are my picks. Go ahead, and then we'll we'll get out of here. I'm gonna say, I mean, I think like I think genuinely my favorite Star Wars character, aside from like Anakin and Luke, uh, I'd say is Kylo Ren. Yeah, you know, even though I'm not a fan of how his story ended, like he, you know, I relate to him in the sense that you know he he's not the most emotionally intelligent guy. But, you know, he he was always, like, you know, like, he put on this act of, like, you know, like, being tough and imposing. But, you know, in Last Jedi, one of my favorite things about that movie is it showed that just like anybody else, he's just looking for someone to talk to. He's just looking yeah. for someone to understand him. Because, you know, this kid, you know, just felt like an outcast. He had a rough life. He felt like everybody, you know, like, no one really understood him. You know, and I don't know his story. That's a great, even pick. though flawed, awesome. it still you know really hits with me and uh, is it, 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 emotionally resonant. And then I'm gonna I'm gonna also say Finn. You know, oh Finn's awesome. Again, dude. I'm not the biggest fan of how his story ended. He got not as much as he should have in Last Jedi, and then absolutely nothing in Rise of Skywalker. Um, but you know the most inspiring thing about Finn, you know, when I uh, started to, like, appreciate The Last Jedi more, I was in this period of my life where I was kind of, like, questioning, like, certain things that I'd been taught in my life, you know, like, things, you know, that I've been raised in, you know, whether, like, you know, like, spiritual, philosophical, emotional, you know, just unlearning stuff, kind of reprogramming myself in a lot of ways, you know, like rediscovering who I was. And, you know, I really resonated with Finn's story, you know, about how he was a stormtrooper who, you know, chose to leave. And then the moment in Last Jedi, like, it's not like a great fight scene or anything necessarily, but um, it's when he fights Phasma and it's like he's face to face with, you know, this person who was his oppressor, you know, essentially like you know, like, that figure he probably sees in his nightmares, you know, that was, like, you know, like, this imposing figure over him that, like, instilled these, you know, fears and, you know, traumas in him, you know, told him he was nothing, probably gave him his number. They should have dove into that. Like, yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, you know, and then, you know, he's finally becoming self-actualized, and he comes face-to-face -face with her, and, you know, just, like, seeing him, like, lunge toward her, and then... I freaking love the line. It's better in the scene that they took out of the movie, but um, when she's like, you were always scum, and then he's like, rebel scum. You know, like, that yeah. to me, like, his arc in, you know, those first two movies just encapsulates, you know, this life journey that I'm still on. And, you know, I I think, in a way, it takes an entire lifetime to truly become who you were meant to be. In a lot of ways. Um, so, you know, I look to Finn as, you know, a great role model and, you know, encouragement 
along with, you know, Cloud Strife from Final Fantasy VII as, like, somebody that, you know, chose to, you know, break free of uh, the boxes they tried to put themselves in, other people tried to put them in, and, you know, like, you know, find the truth any way they could and, you know, find out who they were, you know, find the people that they should be surrounded with in their lives and, you know, just become who they were meant to be and truly make a difference. Yeah, that was beautifully put. Now, I just want to say one thing. You mentioned Cloud, and I find some weird, like, relations or similarities between Final Fantasy and Star Wars, and I love it. Especially well, it's fun, uh, Final Fantasy VII. Kitase, who is... Um, he's a he's the producer on the new Final Fantasy VII games, but he was the creative director for Final Fantasy VII. He loves Star Wars. He's I see it Star all Wars over fan. Final Fantasy yeah. VII, dude. I noticed it immediately. I love it. So, all right, all right, Rebel Scum, Tony Quinn, thanks for coming on talking Star Wars. This was a lot of fun. Honestly, one of our best talks about Star Wars, I think. Yeah. Our Star Wars episodes are just higher tier. <laughs> They're the S tier content we put out. So with that, we're just going to get out of here. Um, we're not take up any more of your time. So if you got this far, thank you for listening and watching. Uh, support Tony. He's in the links in the description. And then also the other shows that are going out on Star Wars Podcast Day. This has been fun. So glad we can participate. Uh, looking forward to next year. I think, you know, obviously, as long as we're talking about Star Wars on a podcast, we're going to be doing this. So Hopefully we have some all right. great projects to talk about in a positive yeah. way and not just, oh, yeah. that was a letdown, wasn't it? But, I mean, as much as I seem like I've just been, you know, bashing, I want all this stuff to be good, by the way. Yeah, of course. I don't want to watch a Star Wars project and not like it. Shocker. That's why we keep watching them. We watch exactly, these because yeah. we, we want it to be exactly. good. <laughs> All right, and then with that, we will catch you guys actually in our next episode, which is the Last Jedi review. So that'll be interesting. That's going to be like 12 hours. Yeah, we'll see. So, all right, catch you guys later. Peace.